This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Welcome, friends and warriors, to podcast number five. We have something, again, really special in store for you today on the podcast. Um, Every week, we've been digging into our blog archives um, for the past couple of episodes for all four that we've already done. (laughs) Um, we've been talking to some of our talking about some of our most popular blogs, and we've interviewed a couple people. And today we are so lucky we've got another um, special guest on the show with us today, Sharon Rockers from Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, one of our good friends and a contributor to the to the um, blog. And she's going to be talking to us today a little bit about modesty. So we're going to share a couple of our. Um, a couple of our blogs that we've done on modesty and then she's going to just help us dissect church teaching and, and what it means to be modest and and what does the church say about that Absolutely. So hello Sharon hello I'm really grateful to be here thanks you guys awesome. thank you thank you for saying yes yeah, so we have, we, I think we have modesty on the brain right now because it's summertime in the South. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and the mm-hmm. least amount of clothes you can wear or the lightest weight clothes you can wear, the better sometimes. Um, for sure. But we do, we do have a mind for the virtue of modesty. And um, I think that it was on both of our minds as we both, Tracy and I, wrote blogs on the subject. Um, different kind of blogs. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about those specifically and hopefully they can kind of guide us into a conversation more robust conversation about modesty, what it means, the different interpretations. Like people think modesty, think of modesty very differently. Um, Mm -hmm. So we can maybe talk about some of that as well. But let's just jump into the blogs. Of course, we'll we'll put up the links. These are in the archives. Um, The first of which is my blog, (laughs) which I entitled Glory. And it was, um, it it referenced a story about one of my kids. We call our um, uncovered bodies our glory. Glory, and it's kind of you know like one of those names. People have all different kinds of names for their private parts. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> In fact, this was a conversation that we just had with one of my brothers who had a new baby, and he was like, "We haven't decided like what we're gonna call things, like all the bits. What are we gonna call them?" <laughs> and you know, because pediatricians and and you know just people in the world have a very strong opinion. Um, I don't know if this is an Academy of Pediatrics recommendation that you would call them by the clinical name. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but do you really want to hear? two-year-old saying penis all the time probably not <laughs> right <laughs> that, you just said that right, that's as salty as we're gonna get on the bellator podcast <laughs> that's amazing um, but you know we so, so sometimes we do come up with other names just to be a little bit more discreet or you know you know public, so our, in public. exactly so our word has always been glory so in my story i referenced um, my mom had taken one of my kids to do some um clothes shopping 
And she's like totally, she's awesome at getting clothes off a kid, on a kid, off a kid, on a kid. I mean, it is like a logistical She's in the Marines. Yes, almost. (laughs) And uh, so she had him like in the doorway of a dressing room so that she could like bring things in and out quickly. And he said, he might have been four years old at the time. um, He said, could you please shut that door? We don't want all the people to see my glory. And my mom was like, okay, all right. That is amazing. So I talked a little bit about, you know, kind of where that term came from or maybe it wasn't even like the genesis of the term but kind of over time how that term has made more sense almost mm-hmm. than less sense yeah and that you know what we cover is we cover it because it's sacred not because it's dirty not mm-hmm. because it's ugly but because it's glorious mm-hmm. in a way and um and also that we understand that as Catholics so well, yeah. right? We have veiled um, tabernacles. Right. You know, right. We we cover ourselves in a certain way for mass that we don't necessarily cover ourselves for the pool situation. Exactly. We have exactly. we have appropriate dress and an appropriate um, revealing. Um, for for different situations, and so um, that's kind of that was my context. That was my that was it. my blog. I love your blog, and that's it's actually one of my favorites because. Um, I don't know. It just—it was kind of a twist in your when I read it the first time. I, I wasn't necessarily expecting the end, how mm-hmm. it ended. You know, to to equate your child's glory with the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so my blog, though, it's titled "Hymnlines and Homilies," and we come from well, we lived in Colorado for five years, and they have just an awesome Catholic community there, and we loved our church and we loved our church family. But the there's definitely a um, a relaxed vibe in Colorado. Because it's Colorado. Because it's Colorado. Everybody's chill. And I think because in the winter, you're so darn cold. <laughs> right. And you've got so much clothing and coats on. In the summer, it's really beautiful. And it's 90, and there's and you're a mile closer to the sun, and it's hot in the summer. And so the clothes come off. And again, because of the chill vibe, I mean, there's a lot of gym shorts. There's a lot of you name it. And so... Um, one day I was reading, and I, I take home the bulletins, and I kind of read them, but I always sort of skip the pastor's letter, because I'm more of like, what are the activities, what are the... Mm-hmm. Um, what can I plug into my Google Google yeah, calendar? Things yeah, things like that. Also, like, um, yeah, when, when can I do a donation shipment, or what, whatever. Um, and my kids are in youth groups, so I'm always looking at that stuff, but for some reason, I read the pastor's letter, mm-hmm. and he <laughs> he said something, he started out, and it was... Like, he was really being serious. And he said, he has some bad news for the church, bad news for the parish. And he uh, met with the parish council, and unfortunately, the swimming pool that they were talking about putting in did not pass. And mm-hmm. so, the congregation can stop dressing as if they are going to the pool later. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is gold. And so, I wrote my blog kind of about that, about just like, you know, having a little bit of... Um, a little bit of respect, you know, in how you dress. And so, and I used to always hear when you're at mass, you're, you're kind of at a wedding banquet. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. at the, you're at the feast, you're at a banquet. And so when we, um, you know, started talking about our daughters and how we dress for church and everything, and I used to wear pants all the time, but I could see it degrading very quickly to holy jeans and then the, <laughs> you know what I mean? And holy, not in the holy way. That's right. Not in the Jesus holy, in the like <laughs> trendy holy way. And so I just put a blanket you can wear nice pants, mm-hmm. and one daughter has a pair of, like, nice black pants. Or you wear a dress. And it's just, and we don't wear dresses often, but we'll go out to dinner or to lunch afterwards. And so it kind of became our, like, family dress-up day, you mm-hmm. know. And so that's what my, my homily is about, just 
kind of dressing for the part. And I said to our kids one time, like, would you go to somebody's wedding in holy jeans? And they're like, no. Or, you know, would you go to a, a banquet or a celebration, you know, especially if Jesus isn't going to be there? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, then that's just not how we're going to dress, you know, for mass. And um, But then when he... When he put that article on that bulletin, I was like, Genius. Monsignor, really I kind of love you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my, that was the genesis of my um, blog. Love it. Love mm-hmm. it. So we invited Sharon Rockers to join us today because she is the mother of four girls and one boy. Um, mm-hmm. So, but you have a heart for, for modesty and for decorum and raising your girls to be very, very ladylike. And, um, and your children are all very well behaved in that. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we sit in the back so no one really sees what happens way back there. But, um, except if you're behind the people in the true. back with a child who's misbehaving and then you can actually you observe the people right, in the back. Right. <laughs> uh, slight disclaimer about the, the back row. I grew up on the back row. Mm-hmm. I come from a family, the oldest of nine kids. We were all raised on the back pew because there was always <laughs> a baby that needed to be taken out yeah. to the vestibule. So that is my, and my family actually sits in the very same pew that I grew up in. So I, there's just a familiarity. And it's home. It is. It's a homey pew. And <laughs> it's I, ours. It's, it, I, I kind of feel like when someone else is sitting in the pew, I'm a little bit, um, territorial and so I have to sit near the pew but anyway um but yes dressing modestly is important in our family what does that mean though because again modesty standards are different different. so what's modest for your family might not be the same modesty standard that another family has so what exactly right how do you what is your paradigm so there are certain words we use that help my children or at least I think help my children make good choices because I like them to have some um, control over what they wear to mass because they I want them to you know show their autistic side and be creative and feel like they can own their outfit and feel beautiful in what they're wearing and confident um, but however for masses particularly not all events but masses uh, my general rule of thumb for my girls is you can show your shoulders or you can show your knees mm-hmm. one or the other and that pretty much is a blanket rule that helps keep most outfits Modest by what I need. I need them to be. Their dresses need to be to their knees. They if they're going to show their knees, put on a sweater. If they're going to show their shoulders with a a tank, not a not a spaghetti strap, but like a thick, mm-hmm. you know, uh, t- sleeveless tank, top. A sleeveless top. Then they need to match it with a longer skirt. Um, and it's actually kind of been kind of fun with my older girls because we get to talk what is what is beautiful fashion to me. Yeah. And so we get to look at old, you know styles from the 50s we get to look at styles that are yes. you know classically beautiful <laughs> or, or timeless rather maybe, right. and um, get to help them kind of shape their idea of what is timeless beauty that's also you know applicable today mm-hmm. and makes them or at least me as their mother mm-hmm. feel like they're dressing appropriately or modestly rather for, for mass mm-hmm. but what my kids wear to mass I wouldn't ask them to wear to the park. Right. I wouldn't ask them to wear that to swim in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but for mass, we, that's that's yeah. my general rule of thumb. You said that before that um, either your shoulders or your knees. When we lived here, when when all three of us lived in the same city, um, and was that the rule growing up for you? It was. That's it was what. The that's rule what I remember for you us. saying. And I remember some really uncomfortable Sundays where. That was the rule, and that's how it went, and it was not fun to have to meet those requirements, yeah. but 
it was what it was and we all we all knew the rule and well and boundaries are good like I feel like creativity we often think that creativity happens when you have all of the freedom in the world but I find at least for my children and for me like give me some boundaries to work in and that almost allows for creativity like a like you know how a river obviously does better when it has banks right it moves faster when it has banks it moves better and you know in one direction but if the banks are done away with and it just like spreads out then I mean it's not as forceful like your creativity isn't as um, honed, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like boundaries are important. And I would say that dressing modestly, according to my standards for mass, is one of the easier aspects of um, enforcing modesty within my children because yeah. the the boundaries are so strict. You know, you can show your shoulders, you can show your knees, one or the other. Make sure your shoes are nice and make sure your hair is done. And that's but but take that outside of that context and like what is modest for for them to wear at the pool? Mm-hmm. That's a much harder conversation. Yeah. Um, or what's modest to wear? Good grief! I don't know. To the movies. Just to the movies. Whatever. With friends. Um, and and modesty for my girls isn't the same as modesty for their friends. Absolutely. As modesty for, for sure. you know pictures that they see of their aunts from twenty years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and or pictures they see of me. <laughs> you know, sure. I mean, I'm like, oh, I wore that. Sure. <laughs> you know, I would never let my children do that. Um, yeah, it's funny how. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. goes. So we but grew we up with a pool in our backyard, and uh, we it, it, in my family it was four boys and two girls. And my dad, especially, um, he I'm sure he and my mom were in, in you know conference about this rule, but I feel like it was always in, at least enforced by my dad vocally um, that we did not wear two piece swimsuits. And people did not wear two-piece swimsuits when they came to visit us at our pool. And so we had a stack of T-shirts on our back porch that if the swimming suit... And I don't think he did it, like, to embarrass people. But if there was something a little out of the range of a norm for him, you know, he would instruct us. I mean, he would never approach a teenage girl and be like, please put on this (laughs) T-shirt. But he would say, you need to ask your friends if they will, if they'll cover up. And it was, like, one of those things, like, oh, my gosh, really? (laughs) But it just became, like, like people just knew that we had certain backyard standards for dress and I, I don't feel like it was something that was particularly um there wasn't con- there wasn't ongoing controversy and I guess it's something else that I was going to say like when you have those boundaries then you don't have to have the argument every, every time. single time yeah. yep. right yeah. it, you, it's just a known entity it's it's a standard well that we... and there's the slippery slope so yes. if it's like a you know if if no skimpy two pieces. Well, what's skimpy? You know, it's right. like just no two pieces. Yeah. You know? It's, it's so much piece. easier. Yeah, a yeah. long tankini or a one piece, and, mm-hmm. and that's that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My kids go to summer camp, and you can only wear one pieces there. And so we have friends who are like, whose kids go to the same summer camp, and they said, you know, we have to send like three swimsuits every summer. If you can't wear it at camp, you know, you can't, I'm not buying it, because mm-hmm. that's, that's what we buy these swimsuits for. And so they have a, a one piece Policy, but it's really if it's not camp appropriate, it's not going to be in our family. So, swimsuits have been really hard as my girls have gotten older. Yes. Um, several years ago, like my late teens, I had a couple of moles removed because of all the sun exposure I'd had as a child. You're and serious about your sun exposure? I am almost I like a freakishly. <laughs> I am so careful with sun exposure, which, when they were little, led me to make sure that they had rash guards and they had long skirts on because the more skin I could cover and they always had a hat and we used the you know 100 SPF sunscreen which is you know hard to find sometimes but I did it however that particular knack about me 
created an understanding about swimsuits early on. They're what everyone always wore shirts to the pool. The, the girls wore their shirts. If I could convince them to wear a long sleeve rash guard, the better. Not necessarily <laughs> because it's more modest, because it covered more skin right. and less, yeah. it was safer. Um, as my kids have gotten older, the norm has always been for our family to have a skirt and a rash guard and a tankini underneath, and that's what we did. But as they're getting older, they're kind of phasing out of wanting to wear a skirt. Mm -hmm. And so this year particularly, we had a very interesting conversation about what is still a modest swimsuit for our family, mm -hmm. but that could also still make them feel cute and trendy and feel like they fit in with their kids right. or, or their friends rather. Um, because not too many girls are wearing, 14-year-old girls are wearing swimsuits with skirts. I mean, this, this is, is not a this thing. This is true. <laughs> and so I don't want my children to feel completely alienated from their peers. Yeah. And yet they're not going to be exactly like their peers because they're not wearing bikinis. Right. So um, we kind of bridged the gap with letting, I let my girls pick out their swimsuit as long as it was still three pieces. They still had to have the rash guard because I'm just a fanatic about um, the sensitive exposure. But they switch to shorts, and um, they they wear these swim shorts. That those are cute. They're really cute. They're sporty. They're, they're little sporty. dance shorts. They yeah. are. They're little yeah. dance shorts, and um, I can't say that they were, like, super pleased, but they weren't as upset about not wearing mm -hmm. skirts. So it was a really pretty decent compromise between the two of us. Yeah. They didn't feel, like, completely ridiculously look, and I still felt like their, their mm -hmm. tush was covered. <laughs> um However, because tush coverage is, is a, a big, big deal. deal. Oh yes, my it is. goodness! Uh, especially when they're diving yeah. or they're playing with little kids, and the, you know, stuff I mean, how gets... many costume mishaps happen on off a diving board? Oh, seriously, I yes. know. And or the so... back of a boat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you jump in the lake, and exactly. you're like, "Oh, where did that go?" <laughs> I know. Um, so anyway, but when they're with their friends. I allow them to take off their rash guard as long as I have on sunscreen. So they've got their cute little tankini and their cute little shorts. It's just a compromise. No one is really fully pleased because I'd rather them have more sun coverage mm -hmm. for their skin and they would look would prefer to look more like their, their peers. Right. But it is a compromise. And I find that the compromise, as long as it's still, it might not be what I prefer but it's it is still covering their so body parts let me let me say something about okay so you talked about having the fun um conversation with your girls about looking at cute uh, 1940s and 1950s clothing mm -hmm. and everything and if anybody knows anything about me I'm kind of a sucker for the 40s and the 30s um and even I do love the 50s but something about the 40s like women were just so elegant and graceful and in my little world, in my imagination, um, everybody wore these like swishy skirts and dresses and right. had 50s, tiny waists. Fifties introduced introduced the crinoline, Shift. well, and also the <clears throat> crinoline. So it felt almost like a little too many layers. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love the thirties and forties. But my um, my point in this is the swimsuits of the forties, and they're kind of coming back yes, in they trend. Are. And they're like the a cute, fuller bottom, a fuller even. You know, and higher the waisted. Two and pieces the... are going to be really thick, and then mm -hmm. the high waist. So there's maybe like a smidge of tummy showing, mm -hmm. or you know, but even like the one piece, like the swim dresses, are real yes, kind of yes. chic. And, I love me a swim um, dress. So now's a good time, actually, if you are concerned about modesty, to have teen girls because mm -hmm. it's almost like even even you know my girls, the one pieces are sort of more in style. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. They're wearing, mm -hmm. and you know, their friends are wearing some small swimsuits but they luckily have found some really cute um one pieces that are like 
all the rage. Um, right. And so they love those. But of course, I would prefer like the 1940s, 1950s, but because they're super cute. Yeah. Like buttons and. Oh. And pairing it with really trendy swim hats and the uh-huh. big glasses and anything that just makes them feel a little bit more fashionable uh-huh. to kind of pal- you know, be able to swallow some of the things that you know, are a little challenging to you know, yeah. make them stand out from their peers. So you've, you've made the argument from sun protection, <laughs> which we have received well. We understand that you're yeah, yeah. very interested in sun protection. But where do you see this being, this becoming, or is it, a moral stance like do you feel like and and do you communicate that to your girls or is it really just an aesthetic like this is what our family does and you don't necessarily tie it in with a moral aspect no the moral the moral aspects always there mm-hmm. um the word that i like to use with my girls because modest for some reason is kind of off-putting at times okay pause for a second what do you think of the the phrase modest is hottest <laughs> I have no problem okay. with that. Okay. I'm not, my girls aren't quite to the point where they're trying to be, to be hot. hot. No, they're really not. <laughs> they don't want to be the hottest. No, um, they're not. Uh, but what I, what word I do like to use with them is discreet. Yeah. Is your outfit discreet or are, and as my husband likes to say frequently, are you trying to draw attention to yourself as a whole mm-hmm. or just a part of you? Yeah. And if you are just trying to draw attention to a part of you, then there's something wrong at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Your outfit may not even be that bad, but if your intention is to draw attention to your to one part mm-hmm. of you, we need to reevaluate what's going on here and help you reassess what it is you're looking for, why you're looking for those things, and then if we can address the underlying layers, then everything else seems to fall in line. Because discretion isn't invisibility. Like we're not no. trying to become like it don't look at me, please don't look upon my Mm-mm. body like People seeing your body isn't a bad thing, but just as you said, like have discretion about it. Why are you wanting someone to look at you? Mm-hmm. You know, a- aesthetics are important to us. Well, we I love beautiful beauty, churches. Yeah, absolutely, so. a beautiful person, especially when you get to know the person and they've got a really beautiful soul too. Like mm-hmm. that's attractive, mm-hmm. and I think Very people are attracted to that. And we need that in the church. We need, you know, beautiful men and women who love the Lord and who can, um, you know, and that's what we call the Catholic lifestyle and the Catholic, you know, kind of lifestyle ministry that, mm-hmm. that is evangelization through society. beauty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Absolutely. It, it can be art. It can be music, but it can also be the people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like when we were talking earlier about, cause I love dresses and I'm, I'm in jeans today, but I love dresses. But and beautiful white jeans. <laughs> yes, white, for sure. White kind of skinny <laughs> jeans, but, um, and, and we talked about some people who believe maybe that modesty is only through, you know, wearing dresses. And mm-hmm. I said something about being feminine. And you said feminine, femininity is not necessarily modest, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I, I never really thought about it like that. So mm-hmm. that, you kind of made me think. It sort of jolted me a little bit. Well, something that um, we talk about is we always look to the Blessed Mother as our, our um Example for modesty, for beauty, for humility, for all these amazing virtues. And there's a difference when we look to our leader. Um, are we trying to imitate her or are we trying to mimic her? Mm-hmm. There's mimicry is um, like just trying to copy her. Mm-hmm. Like we're not supposed to dress as first century Palestinian women. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Noted. You know what I mean? That would be extremely strange. But if we try to imitate her... Yeah. You know, she is dressed discreetly. Sometimes she's veiled. Sometimes she's not veiled. Sometimes her feet are showing. Sometimes they aren't showing. I mean, some. So, one of the things that we talk about is whenever um, 
and forgive me, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, but when one of the messages from Fatima was that, and this gets brought into modesty conversations quite frequently, is she says, um, there'll be fashion, um, didn't help me here, the, um, trends? Yes, fashion yeah. trends that will become very, uh, that will offend Jesus greatly. Yeah. But she doesn't say what are those. <laughs> she doesn't even specify if they're for men or women. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. Ooh. Yeah. She doesn't. Modesty for men is something that almost is never discussed. Never. That's yeah. a good point. Uh-huh. Here we are talking about our girls. But yeah, men men can learn a thing or two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, that we just talk about how, you know, let's imitate the Blessed Mother. In, and that's why I keep going back to the word discreet because modesty too often is like how much of your body is being covered right. instead of are we trying to imitate her her we see her dressed and we don't see what she's wearing we see her beauty mm-hmm. well and it seems like our lady even even in that statement even in that um context is kind of putting the responsibility back on us for modesty for us mm-hmm. modesty for your family modesty for my family and so it it seems like what she's doing to for us for Christians for Catholic Christians who you know look up to her and want to imitate her and be as you know united to her as possible it's very similar to what you do for your girls you kind of give the guidelines but then they have you know they make their choices mm-hmm. based on kind of what your guidelines are so because most sincerely what is modest on my 13 year old my 14 year old are super close in age and their body types are, are very similar but what's modest on one girl shows too much leg on the other girl. That is absolutely the truth. Yeah. I've always found that about the length of shorts even. Absolutely. Yeah. So even the fingertip rule where your yeah. your dresses and your skirts and stuff have to come past the end of your fingertips. There are body types that, that that's not work. even appropriate. That yeah. won't work. You know, what is, you know, one child can wear a scoop neck, mm-hmm. neckline that looks beautiful, and the other child is like, yeah. <laughs> not for not, you. that's not going to work for you. Yeah. You know? Um, and you even said that the... Um, because I, I think, I don't necessarily think modesty is only in, you know, dresses, but I do think that there's something lovely about a woman in a dress, um, especially at Mass, and you said mm-hmm. that Our Lady appeared somewhere in pants, which um, I never heard that story. I think that was Our, Our Lady of, of Vang in uh, Vietnam. Mm. She appeared in pants. That's amazing. Oh, it's just Is beautiful. there an Asian aesthetic for women in pants, I wonder? Is that I something know. that would be indigenous to, like, their, their, culture? their culture, their, again, their aesthetic? That's interesting. I want to find well, that. I, I would I'll, have to, go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, modesty has to be culturally appropriate. Mm-hmm. It obviously yeah. has to be um, um, time appropriate, too, because what was modest for women in the 1800s is kind of yes. ridiculous for us now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it well, shows that it shows that God is, um, you know, you always hear the phrase of like, well, we're not in the 40s anymore. We're not in the 20s anymore. We're not in the 1800s anymore. So it shows that God, like, it's kind of with the times, but there's still, you know, certain standards that are still appropriate and true today mm-hmm. that are going to always be true forever. But there is a time factor, mm-hmm. and it, but again, it doesn't mean and geographical. It like, doesn't mean shorty shorts. <laughs> it doesn't mean the you know the shorty shorts and, and well, and we're even talking about um, like Western 
culture, culture. Yeah, like think about African culture, you know, where we're wearing yeah. or Indian culture where you, where you see the women in their saris and they are showing even at mass in their most beautiful and their, they, their finest yeah. are showing a portion of their stomach in their, I think it's called a sari. I hope that I'm saying that correctly and I'm not <laughs> messing it up, but, um, you know, they, they are showing a part of their body that we in the West would not think was necessarily mass appropriate, right, you know, right, right. and it's just because that is what is beautiful and appropriate and formal even yeah. mm-hmm. for their country their and their, and their culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a funny story and I want your input on this funny story. <laughs> I was at daily mass one day and I, this was one of those days where I was feeling actually super frump. Like I had on like a skirt awesome. that was not my most flattering and I had on a t-shirt that was not my most fitted. And I, I really did like, I remember taking note of my outfit going, you know what? It's what I have on today. It's we're going to move forward. And, but I did feel like a little frumpy that day. And of all days, um, well, let, let, let me give a little background. So our, at our daily mass in our parish, um, we had a couple of um, women who were moms who would do, who would lecture for, for those daily masses. And oftentimes they were going straight to the gym. I think one was like a personal trainer. And so they were often like in their exercise pants Mm -hmm. and a shirt. Mm -hmm. And that was their basically work attire right. and they were going to mass before their day of work um whether a there's a lot personal... of that in Colorado yeah exactly <laughs> sure and and I never even thought I honestly never thought a thing about it it didn't seem like they were trying to show off anything I mean these were moms doing their mom business they were not trying to like attract anybody with their this is before 8 a.m in the morning yes I mean, exactly right <laughs> they were bright and shiny yeah. to, for Jesus and so I never blinked an eye at it well on this particular frumpy day after mass I was in the vestibule and an older woman approached me and she said I would like to talk to you about something and I said yes ma'am and she said I noticed how you were dressed today and it's so modest and I really appreciate that because there are some people and she (laughs) nodded her head in the direction (laughs) of the woman who was the lector that day she said there are some people who do not dress appropriate for our Lord and and I would really appreciate it if you would if you would consider leading a modesty guild for our parish (gasps) I almost melted into the ground I am not the woman for this like I what you see me in today thank you for the compliment I actually feel terrible in. right <laughs> and it never had even occurred to me until she head nodded in the direction of the woman in you know Nike shorts and a t-shirt mm-hmm. that, that 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 was hugely offensive to her mm-hmm. um, it kind of offends me oh really just yeah. for a daily mass yeah. oh, okay yeah. well um I don't know I just think that like come on gym attire this, yeah. You're not at the gym. Yeah, I mean, no, that's you're, you're true. at a banquet. You're that's at a true. you're at a heavenly feast. Um, I guess I have a different standard though for daily mass versus Sunday mass because one is obligatory. Yeah, you have to go to Sunday mass. You don't have to go to daily mass. Right. It's nice when you do, and you know Jesus, of course, wants to share himself with us every single day in the holy sacrifice of the mass. But if you if you're fitting it into yeah. your day, and that's the time of day that you dropped your kid off at school, you made it to mass, you went to the gym, which I also think is necessary probably, for for sanity purposes. I probably would go to more daily masses if I could let myself wear gym attire. <laughs> right? <laughs> go go with my. Um, but yeah, something about it. I don't yeah. know. Um, and maybe that's just a you know a personal thing, but yeah. and we've had same same nobody's ever asked me to lay the modesty guild, but um, I've had. Women Would your answer be yes or no? More. <laughs> you don't have, have to answer that. I'm gonna think about it. <laughs> um, I've had we've had women um, older women same thing. Uh-huh. It's always kind of older people stop our family and go thank you so much for the way yeah. your, your family presents itself mm-hmm. on Sundays. Um, 
And then the other funny story is we, in Colorado, it was like almost every Sunday we got asked to take up the gifts yes. because we're always dressed just, I'm not saying that we're like going somewhere super fancy, but you know, your best foot you, was forward. You could tell that we put a little effort into mm-hmm. to getting ready that day. Yeah. And it became, to, it became where, you know, my older teenagers are teenagers and they're, 16 and 18 now, and they got kind of tired of taking mm-hmm. up the gifts, and they don't want any attention on them. Sure. They'd rather die than, like, walk in front of the entire, and it's a big parish that we belong to there, and um, finally, they could, the, the, the youth minister's son was always kind of in charge of, like, you know, handing you the, the bread and the wine and everything, and he could see in my girl's face this one particular time. They were annoyed. They didn't want to do it, and, John, and my husband's like, when you're asked to participate in Mass, you just do it. Yeah. You just say, we don't say no when, you know, it's like, that's not, that's a non-answer. And finally, he kind of leaned over and he goes, I mean, y'all can say no. <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely not. And they kind of stopped asking us after a while, but there was a long run of like every Sunday um, because we would go to the 5 p.m. mass. People are way more, or the 5.30 mass, and people were way even, you know, take the chill factor to a new level because mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's the teen mass yeah. and, um, and it was just like Monsignor will hurt someone if they come up, you know, half dressed. Yeah. And so it was like we're the Eddies. <laughs> we're that kind of wound tight mom that's got them all in dresses. <laughs> I think that brings up a good point. Um, for those of us who are trying to make mass um, special, not like the, not special. Let me rephrase that. Extraordinary. Yes. For yeah. those of us who want to dress appropriately for mass, there's different levels. Of, of what people consider appropriate. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, um, we are just a super relaxed family. Most of the time you'll find us in what people would call gym attire, and that's what we wear mm-hmm. all the time. So for us, a really nice pair of skinny jeans with a tunic, that's kind of, many days, that's our best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we our level of best is going to be very different mm-hmm. from other people's level of best, right. especially in the winter. Because I don't like to mess with hose, and, <laughs> and I have all these girls that I have to find the right hose and find the right yeah. shoes, and sometimes it becomes too, too much, too expensive, too hard, right. or whatever. So right. for us, our our best doesn't look like everybody else's best, but it is our best. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, and we are clean. We're, we're like, <laughs> <laughs> if you get close to us, we smell well. That's right. Relatedly, um, we don't we don't allow our boys to wear jeans to mass, except on like if we're on vacation and we have limited resources in terms of packing and mm-hmm. things like that. Like you wear slacks to mass because that is that is your best. Like you wear you wear jeans every single day. Mm-hmm. You know that's not nor- that that's normal for you. Mm-hmm. And and we got this idea from uh, we used to do uh, chastity modesty talks for the youth um, before we had children who were in youth group, and then <laughs> and then we retired because they didn't want to. That's why my parents. mom retired. Because yeah. when my sister hit like youth group age is like peace out yeah uh-huh. kind of uh-huh. exactly and um we had and we had invited one of these young adult men to come talk who was a single guy and we i forget what the question was but his answer was that his standard for dress and again it wasn't about modesty because it's a boy and we rarely talk about modesty for mm-hmm. boys but his standard for dress for mass was um whatever i would feel comfortable taking a girl on a date in and he was like, because, you know, I, I want to look my best for Jesus. I want to impress him in the same way that I want to impress a girl that I go on a date with. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. whatever I think will impress someone that I'm interested in, 
I'm interested in Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want to impress him. And that always struck me as, that okay, yeah. yeah. Like, I want to, I, I want that for my, my, my boys, too. Like, mm-hmm. I want them to, if they're going to take a girl out on a date, they're not going to wear jeans and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. They really wear, wear, wear Adam wear, Rockers might have. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but that's not going to be no, my kid's best. No, it won't. That's right. You know, they go to school <laughs> in slacks and a tie. Yes. Like, they can, they can step it up. That's like, right. they, there is a step above that that's that right. is appropriate to impress someone. Yep. It's, at least it's a first date. Exactly. <laughs> and I think this ties really beautifully back into the woman who asked you to lead a modesty guild. Yeah. Um, because I think that when we start looking at other people and saying, you're not modest enough, enough. Right. you aren't dressy enough. It's that judgment. You don't it really becomes judge. it a distraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's a, it's a trap. Mm-hmm. And so to focus on what is my best and not just my, in a, in a totally different strain of modesty, um, What's my best on the inside? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here, a discreet works real well, too, because I've got some kids that are, are really artistic. I've got some kids that are, you know, really, maybe that's all so much. Of, <laughs> so, but artistic. Different interests. Different interests, and they're really good at it. And, um, you know, we talk about, I know you're really good at art, but if you are trying to show off on your art mm-hmm. in, in, in drawing and stuff like that, then you're not, that's, again, just trying to draw who are you drawing attention to, to for you one or, part, yeah, aspect of yeah. yourself? You know, so anyway, um, just just noting that when the conversation becomes you're not enough of yeah. blank, then it's it's the discussion is yeah way yeah. off, and that's that is hard. I mean, it is hard to look around at church and be like, you came to see Jesus wearing that, you, you know, because it's like, just, just, just focus on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Just, you don't have to worry about anybody else. Um, but yeah, there's been a few times when like, there's just really tight, strappy, Lululemon bra tops. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a little different than a t-shirt and Nike shorts. And they kind of waited till they cooled off to put on the jacket. And I was like, mm. well, at least you put the jacket on now, you know, but, but again, like you said, but they rushed from yeah. the gym to go, but sometimes I'm kind of like, well, could you have gone afterwards? Could you make just that little bit of extra mm-hmm. sacrifice to go to mass and um, and then go work mm-hmm. out or go to the gym a little bit earlier? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that there's a little threshold of like tight leggings. That there is decorum to be considered. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So Sharon, we were talking a little bit earlier. God bless you. God bless you. No. Everyone sneezes. <laughs> Um, you were talking earlier about, um, a, what, what was it, a Marian standard that you had found somewhere online? Yeah, apparently our sweet blessed mother is, is often pressed into service as the... The, um, the herald? Oh, she is the president of the Modesty Guild. Right. And funny enough, like, her own, like, there are very few words of hers in scripture, and we all know that, but the, the, the most poignant one is just when she's at the wedding feast, mm-hmm. and she tells the servants, do what he tells you. You know? She doesn't say... X, Y, and Z about, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But it's, you know. Anyway, so I did a little bit of research, and I found some standards for um, (laughs) modest dress. And um, they were really funny. And uh, let's see. The Mary-like standards for modesty in dress, as set down by the Vatican, Vatican, excuse me, in this guide to modesty, our Blessed Mother, previously unknown to be a fashionista, speaks through an anonymous <laughs> cardinal vicar during the reign of Pope Pius XI, who who was um, Pope from like 1920 to, you know, the end of 1930s. Flapper, flapper yeah. era. <laughs> to declare, among other things, that Mary-like dresses have sleeves extending to the wrists and skirts reaching the ankles. Mary-like dress requires a 
full and loose coverage of the bodice, chest, shoulders, and the back, the cutout above the neck must not exceed two fingers' breadth below the pit of the throat and a similar breadth around the back of the neck. Mary like dresses also do not admit as modest coverage transparent fabrics like laces, nets, organdy, or nylons, etc., unless sufficient backing is added. They may only be used as trimmings. This is crazy, too. That, that is crazy. Do we? Now, it could have been appropriate during the time frame for Western women yeah. who had enough money to purchase clothes that would, you know, meet adhere, those standards. Meet those standards. But again, I think it's just the reason our blessed mother, well, at least my opinion, for the reason she doesn't tell us which styles are going to offend Jesus and it, it, when she came at Fatima is because they change. Mm-hmm. They change from time period to time period. They change, they will honestly change from economic status to exactly economic that's status mm-hmm. you know some of the things that um one of the the greatest gifts that i have for my children is a mother-in-law who sews and she will make dresses for my children mm-hmm. that are specifically tailored to their bodies because it is so hard to find yeah. dresses that are long enough or sh- or fabrics that are thick enough or sleeves that cover enough in the junior section oh, at junior any department store on the planet. I well, mean. and formals are the worst. Unfortunately, my mother comes from a long line of dressmakers and seamstresses, and she made every single one of our formals just mm-hmm. because it was impossible to find something that just fit well. I'm so and jealous. Appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You both have a mom and a mother-in-law that sews. My mom was so excited in Home Act when I made a duffel bag because it had a zipper. <laughs> Zippers are hard. She, oh, yeah. She, it was like... I had just come home with a, you know, Nobel Peace Prize, possibly. <laughs> right. She's right. like, your sister did a tote. You are my you daughter. You did a duffel. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I've ever sewn before or after that. <laughs> zippers are hard. Yeah, I it understand was, that. So she was no seamstress, and I don't think anybody else in my family is a seamstress. I'm always jealous of people who can sew. I know. I could, it's such a blessing. I have so much in my head that mm. I would make if I could do it. So much. When I can't get dresses for my kids from my mother-in-law, what I have found, because they are still young young enough that they would wear junior-sized clothing, but it's so hard to find stuff yeah. that, you know, comes down low or whatever. I like to buy from the petite women's oh, section. Yeah. And this petite, extra small or small, fits my little 13-year-old's body and works. Yeah. It yeah. works. I mean, the t-shirts aren't as tight or the... You know, shorts are just, they're an inch longer or, or whatever it is that make shopping in the petite section for women mm-hmm. much better option mm-hmm. to appropriately cover, in my opinion, my girls. Okay, I want to stop there because you said, in my opinion, I don't think we did the disclaimer. These are all of our opinions. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like, we have not quoted any church document no, on no. what is appropriate dress, either for mass or just for everyday life. And mm-hmm. does that even exist? I don't think so. I feel like I, I should have prepared know. a little and looked that up. But I don't think so. Like, I don't think we have a universal standard. And that's the key, like, universal standard right, right. for modesty because it is so culturally specific mm-hmm. and geographically um, specific. Um that it really is about discretion. Mm-hmm. I love that word discreet. It really is about why are you dressing the way you're dressing? What is your intention in wearing what you're wearing? Not what body parts are you covering 
you know, how are you covering tight... enough of them? Are you covering, yes, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because that, I mean, and it, there, there does, there's an argument out there about like St. Maria Goretti and her um, heralding of the virtue of virginity, which indeed she did, but it wasn't about like white knuckling virginity as the highest goal. Like her goal was that her aggressor, her attacker, her rapist wouldn't go to hell, God, right? That's amazing. I mean, it is. It's beautiful. And that that intention, I think we can then She was protecting him. Yes. And that intention then we can translate into modesty that, you know, it's not about what I'm covering. It's not like idolizing this virtue of- This one part. Of, this one part of modesty. Mm-hmm. It's like- how am I protecting the people who are looking at me? And not in like this super like, we have to cover our bodies so that we don't tempt the men to sin. <laughs> like, I'm not talking about that. I'm just yeah. like, what is my intention mm-hmm. for this person? Like, yeah. what do I want the best? I mean, right. if, if true charity is wanting the best for the other person, what, how are my behaviors affecting them and, mm-hmm. and being just conscientious about it or, mm-hmm. or aware of how what I'm doing and dre- mm-hmm. how I'm dressing affects other people, mm-hmm. not because I'm going to be responsible for sending them to hell no, by what not. I'm wearing, but that, you know, we're living because in honestly, a community, people. Absolutely. You could be wearing, you could be wearing what the Blessed Mother appears in in, in her first century Palestine, <laughs> and, and it might still might not stop some people. So yeah, yeah. Yes. That is, that's almost kind of ridiculous. I am not responsible for someone else's sin. No, I no. can't. Not, no. not in that regard. But having a boy mm-hmm. who's 15, he's a lifeguard this summer, and he's at the, you know, at the pool quite a bit trying to make sure people don't drown. Um, and <laughs> so looking at them, you're looking saying. Yeah, he at has them, to stare. And he has to look at, at the people in the pool. And there are girls that show up in very provocative swimsuits. And I had to have a conversation with him about, what do you do? Yeah. What do what you do? Um, he says, I try to look at their faces. Oh, good. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Awesome. And I don't know if there's anything else one can do. Just try yeah. to look at their faces. Well, as long as their faces are above exactly. water, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> He's doing his job. You know, and, and in those situations, you just got to do the best you can yeah. do. Um, but thankfully, he he's in our family where you know, and he has sisters. He, well, he has he's aware sisters. of that yeah. because yeah. you've done such a good job of making sure he's aware of, mm-hmm. of I hope so. the soul right. and not the body as right. much. Yeah. All right, we. I mean, this has been a great. Po- we could we could actually talk for hours on the subject. I think because we have previously, which is why we knew this would be a good topic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is something that we can jam on a while, but. Um, we usually end our podcasts with a little tradition where we talk about our last little bit. We call our Bellator last little bit. And this came from um, us being friends and actually you being a part of this because you, you were in our, our friend community. Like when we talk, there's always more that we could say, mm-hmm. right? And there's always more that we could say about the topic of modesty. But our Bellator last little bit is like one more thing. Like, what is the other thing you want to say? And it doesn't have to do with modesty. It can. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have lots of, you know, thoughts flitting in and out of our minds that we could share. So um, do you have anyone on your mind yet? I do. Well, in my last little bit, of course, is going to have nothing to do with modesty. And it's because we are on, we're together today mm-hmm. and we're on kind of on the road. We're both in Arkansas, which is where we used to live. And um, neither one of us live here anymore. And Sharon lives here, but we're in Sharon's home. And I just want to say how peaceful her home is. Like, I want to maybe take a nap after this because we walked in and the kids are quietly playing and her husband's, you know, working in the kitchen quietly and nicely and Sharon's sipping some coffee. And I want to recreate the Rocker's home at the Eddie's house because it's just, it's just a happy home. It's It's a a peaceful, yeah, it's a peaceful home. 
So thank you for having us. You're welcome. You can walk back to the back rooms where all the doors are <laughs> shut and see the chaos behind all the closed That's doors. <laughs> We all have closed doors. I would say my last little bit is right before we started uh, uh, recording today, um, our children, Sharon and my older two children, um, both of our older two children, are at a Steubenville conference. And so right like seconds before we started um, recording, I got a telephone call from my uh, second to oldest who said, Mom, I just high-fived. Father Mike Schmitz, who was so high, he was so excited about the high five, and and it, it I, I mean it's not about modesty, but it is about that evangelization through beauty because Father Mike Schmitz is a very beautiful man, yes, Absolutely. and people yes. are attracted to him for not only his wisdom but also for his beauty, and mm-hmm. so I think we can all kind of strive to to be that person that people look at and see Jesus and see beauty, mm-hmm. and um, whether that's in what we're wearing or what we're doing or what we're saying, that we would always just strive to. Mm-hmm. To be more like Jesus. That's and right. Also more like Father Mike. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Do you have a last little bit that you'd like to talk about? You know, today I am so grateful for the rain. I'm yeah. so grateful for the rain because I've got these windows um, that I like to look through on my on my main living floor where everybody mm-hmm. is in the kitchen. Is and it's, it's a ton of windows. And I get to see the trees and I get to see all my little plants growing and being able to look through... My windows and see nature. Yeah, I'm able to um, just even if it's just for moments, just tap into the peace that is and beauty that is nature, mm-hmm. and kind of bring that in. Yeah, and then go resume all my chaos <laughs> behind my closed doors. But um, you know, just just taking that minute to bring in just a pinch of peace. Well, it's the right time to wrap up because I think that the rockers' peaceful, tranquil environment has been invaded by some Jaeger kids. They're rocking their world. Come upstairs and, and be a part join, of the Join us. I know. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. So fun. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful.